0: Welcome to part two of what gender equity means to men. This episode of Recap brings the Pointcast team together to have an honest and heated discussion around women equity and why men need to have this discussion among themselves. We pick up the conversation as Anthony Arnold, host of Smart Politics, explains the benefits of gender equity to him and his family.
1: We all have to succeed or none of us are going to get anywhere. So... When women were allowed to enter the workforce, it was a it was a boon in part because it removed, and we're, since we're talking about this from the perspective of men, it removed from men the burden of, of you don't have to just be a provider if you don't want to be. You are more than your 45-hour-a-week job. You can pursue something because maybe she can do the heavy lifting. Maybe she wants to work, and maybe she wants to be the bread earner right? Maybe she wants to make the money. And now you can pursue something that maybe you really wanted to do, but, you know, my wife can't work. And so I got to, you know, I got to make all the money, right? So when women are free to work and provide, it means you can pursue something else with your life if you want to, right? That's a tangible benefit for men of women being able to work is like, you know, you don't have to do all that anymore, right? Uh, It means that if you lose your job, because we're talking about bread earning, right? If you lose your job or get hurt, it means your home doesn't necessarily fall into like abject destitution because she can carry the load for a little while if you have to, right? Um, I've been there in my house, like I've lost my job. Like my job got shipped to another country and I just lost my job and I was on unemployment for a little while, which doesn't pay anything. And sure, it, it was tight. For a few months, it was tight while I was trying to find new work. But we stayed afloat just long enough for me to find work, and we got back to being a two-income home. But guess what? If my wife hadn't been working at that moment, we would have just not been able to pay shit. So like, that's a tangible benefit, right? Because again, when women's rights are respected, yeah, it it, it lessens that you don't want to go back to a society. I swear. A lot of men think this is true, and it's like, I don't know why. You do not want to go back to a world where the entire world is on the man's shoulders. that is not that is not a thing man I you do not want to do that like you do not want to carry the burden of every single thing uh, you know uh you look back at them dudes and you go well they were the man of the house. I mean, yeah, but like go watch like go watch those old shows. the guy just he disappears in the morning and comes back at night. Like what'd you do? Nothing. Worked. Oh, that's all you do? Yeah. That's my whole life. I go to work.
2: I come (laughs) home. I spend time in the study, figuring out stuff at this house.
1: Right. I do all the finances, right? I balance the checkbook and I do all the financial planning and that's all you do. That's not a life men want. It's not a life I want. (laughs) I say, look, if my wife was to make a million dollars a year, like, homie, I would never work, son. I, I would never work. I'd be like, shit, go get that money, baby.
2: <laughs> We've actually had, uh, this, is a, this is a random tangent, so feel free to stop me if you actually want to contribute anything meaningful to the conversation. But I've actually had a conversation with my wife, given that she has consistently made more money than me. Uh, throughout our time as adults that if we were to have children it would actually make more sense for me to be a stay-at-home dad than for her to stop working and be a stay-at-home mom and I kind of welcome the idea of being able to like hang out with and I mean I know it's hard like I I have looked up what the life of a stay-at-home mom looks like and it's it's not easy by any stretch of the imagination but I I think it would be really interesting that we would live in this kind of like parallel or I'm going to call it like perpendicular life uh, where like the, the husband would stay at home and watch the kids when the wife is out making the money for the house and I thought that was an interesting thing that may or may not be relevant in my life in yeah. a year or two
3: I mean, so full disclosure. That's largely been my life for the past year, year and a half. So uh, I've been actually okay for the even before that, right? Um, I was going to grad school and uh, full time, and my wife was working. And she pays most of the bills, and she pays the she pays the rent. She is the breadwinner right now, um, and that just wouldn't be possible in. Uh, I say in a world where <laughs> women uh, don't have uh, their rights respected um and uh, especially now with with our darling uh one-year-old um I've had the opportunity to mostly be a stay-at-home dad um uh, just and have my, like schedule meetings uh around her nap times and when uh say and have grandparents come over when I can't do that and Katie, I say, I get her from the moment she gets up to when Katie gets home from work.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, Alex and I talk most days a week. And every morning, like, when we talk, he's always, like, waking the baby up, or he's playing with the baby. I hear him. he's, He's enjoying his time. Like, and I can tell, like, as stressful I know, like, as stressful as a baby can be, like, I can tell, like, Alex enjoys it. Like, it's It's something a lot of men don't get to experience. It's like watching your child actually grow in the way that it was historically done by women. And, like, more men should. Like, and that's only possible if women can earn. But it's it's talk about Texas specifically. If women are just, like, if women have to just give birth, like, what do you think is going to happen? They're going to be, like, trapped just with no other choices and i'm like yeah a baby isn't a trap but you're gonna like women are gonna have no choice but to like be seen as you know birthing machines so, and, you know what
3: to say you know what happens right like you just like men just don't get to have sex you that, okay. that just you've been like nope that's not a
1: thing what well, what well, well, i sorry it sucks and you will also <laughs> so anyone who has seen like the pregnancy process, it's a huge toll. You know, my wife had health complications when she went through it uh, with our son. There were health complications, right? So in a world where where women are, like, forced to stay pregnant, um, that means they're not going to be able to contribute the way that they would like to. Because sometimes because, – because pregnancy is hard. Like, like, I as a man can recognize that, like, it is, it is hard growing a life inside of you. Like, that is – a hell of a thing and maybe you go like look for the next three or four months of this thing I'm not really going to be able to do what I would normally do because uh your child is kicking my teeth in (laughs) and I can't sleep and I hate moving so uh is that really what men think they want like where women have health complications and again we should we should we should love the chance for women to be to be more autonomous and more uh, demanding to pull more equal with us. Like that is a boon. Can I, that is a boon to us? It's not a threat. It's not a threat. They're not trying to replace us. They're trying to pull alongside us. <laughs>
2: Actually, uh, so there was that. That's a great random segue, because one of the things that I wanted to go ahead and talk about specifically, uh, this is a question for everyone. And so I would like a response from everyone, but I wouldn't say that you necessarily need one. Um, it's that like, I've noticed that throughout my whole life and the lives of the people that I've, I've had discussions like these with, um, every, almost every man that I've ever talked to seems to believe that women becoming more equal to men is a threat for some reason. And I, I have a hard time not equating that somehow to the idea that if black people become equal to white people, that that is also a threat to them. And I feel like it's, it's specifically because of two things and this is kind of what i want your you guys' opinion on um one it's it's a balance of power thing so they 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 see it as a threat to them because they know they will no longer have power over the disenfranchised group in this case obviously we're talking about women um but the other thing is that i know historically both well I, minority groups in general whether we're talking about women or colored people um have been treated poorly by the groups in power. And I think a, di- a different kind of aspect of this and in, in the intersectionality of this like mentality that it's a threat is the idea that if they become equal, they will then do what's been done what's been done to them. So what, what are you guys' thoughts on? That?
4: I can go first uh, for that one. I'll start with the latter point that you made about, you know, being revengeful. One, women have every right to be angry. And I think people, and when I say people, I really mean collective, need to be comfortable that the anger that women have is justified. The same way that the anger that people of color have is justified. Justified anger doesn't mean I'm going to act on that in a certain way that can negatively provide you bodily harm. But you can't tell me for one second that I should be any less angry that simply because I am a woman, I have been treated a certain way. I am allowed to be angry about that. And I don't have to be quiet about the fact that the world has been fucked up to me and to other women just based on gender. So that is what I will say when people have, you know, conversations about, you know, revenge. I almost feel those conversations are built around wanting people not to feel angry or not knowing how to deal with intense feelings. And that's part of it. For me, like part of creating a world where we see gender equity. I'm not so much concerned with equality, I'm concerned with equity, which will lead me to the other point is that we need to make room to hear grievances we're not gonna bypass the part where women aren't allowed to openly talk about the ways that they have been harmed by men that is part of it men and if those conversations make you feel uncomfortable you must do your own work it's not for me to be any quieter about how i've been harmed or any other woman like that is part of the healing process to make space for that pain, but to alchemize it and to really, for men to really listen and then to tune inward and ask other men, wow, we've been really fucked up. So where do we go from here? It's not about you not being a man or oh, like all of a sudden being less manly, but it's how do you become a better man? And a point that I touched on that I'll bring back is you know the point that is, men are now scared that that means they can possibly lose things. Yeah, you're right. You are gonna possibly and most likely will lose things if we're creating a more equitable world. Men, the same way that we can look at other groups and privilege, have certain power and privilege purely because they're men. In order to create a more equitable world, where we didn't all start off at, the e- at an equal playing field, you have to balance that power and look like ways where, yeah, men, things, and I don't see it as being stolen from you because they were never yours to begin with. Women are going to be given the opportunities and the space that they have long deserved. And if that means that less men don't get the positions, maybe y'all weren't as qualified as you thought you were to begin with. So this idea that you are, Something is being taken from you that was never really yours is part of the undoing of this toxic, patriarchal, and hyper-masculine society that we live in that makes all these men believe that you really deserve to be in all these top positions. Not that, oh, the only competition you had were other men. If women were able to be in those competitions, you might not have even gotten to the place you were to begin with. And I think that's something else that men have to reckon within themselves to be comfortable with. That's my thoughts on that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I'm trying to touch on a few things, like follow up on what Sasha said in a few ways. So the thing about being worried that people are going to do to you what you did to them is this a self-fulfilling prophecy because the harder you make it for them, the more likely you do make it that actually some people will like come for you. like the harder you make them fight to get there, the more pissed off they're gonna be when they get there. So you know maybe make it a little easier and like get some good vibes along the way because like if you oppress people for hundreds or hundreds of years and then you give them the gun, they might shoot you. Maybe you should have like thought about that before you made them like bleed and die for their rights. Like maybe you but the other part of this is so Sasha talked about like you might lose some. And I think that's true, right? I think of one area this discussion is really poor is that it it denies the fact that there will be losses, right? By framing the whole thing as, well, you don't have to lose. Well, that's not true. I mean, that's just, like, that's not true. You do need to lose. Like, some of you are going to lose. Most of us, most men, you're going to lose something. The question is, is it better for you to make a buck, or is it better for both of you to make 75 cents? You will lose, but she will gain more than you lose, and everyone will be better for it. But you will lose, and we have to actually acknowledge, yes. As power shifts, there will be loss. You will lose status. You will lose money. You will lose opportunity. Yes, you will lose, but society will gain more than each man individually loses. And I and we do a real disservice when we just pretend there won't be any loss. Of course, I've said this with racial stuff too. Like, look, if we're gonna rebalance the the board of directors, go. We only got ten. 8 of them are white we're not hiring more but we need to hire more black people well I guess some of y'all gotta lose your job then I don't know what to say to you Hmm. I I don't that's it some of y'all gotta lose your job that's I'm sorry that is unfair to you individually yes that, that that is not it feels like loss that is an actual loss like And sometimes when when people talk about loss, we go, well, they just feel that way. Well, no. Sometimes people correctly observe as their workplace becomes more equitable that they will lose. They are correct in that. And we can't just hand wave it away and and, and pretend like they're just on some BS because that's not true. And they know it's not true. And it makes our arguments for uh, equity it makes them false it makes them underhanded because we're denying that they will lose they know they will lose so we have to acknowledge the loss and then respond by illustrating the ways in which they will also gain
3: so um, I'm reminded of an axiom I, uh, I say in multiple instances of for those in the privileged position equality is a step down
1: right yeah that's a good point I mean and it really is Mm -hmm. I mean we the most extreme example of this would be like slaves owners right like giving up your slaves really was a big blow to you I I mean that's just a fact your life got worse I'm sorry
0: not sorry (laughs) but even in that paradigm and based on what I'm hearing everybody was saying is that there's already a group losing currently and equity is inviting people into a space where they can gain more and it it does shift the balance of power uh, in that dynamic but I want to hit on something also that I heard someone say I'm not sure who said it but the managing of emotions I, I, I was in a very toxic work environment at one time and And I was talking about in this tone or what have you, I'm a pretty quiet speaker for some reason, that's just the way I am. But I was talking about some of the issues and then in this case, there were a lot of racist issues there. And I remember the person saying that, you know, it'd be a lot easier to hear you if you weren't so emotional. You know, you need to, and I was like, what, what? It's, it's, it became a shutdown. You know, if I am upset about a thing my it wasn't my tone of voice it was the words that i was using to express and they weren't profane they were respectful business talk but people trying to manage how a woman or any oppressed group responds to their oppression doesn't it's never made sense Um, and the whole argument about losses and gains that's the that's the play of equity Really, because the 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 wins that people have are really false wins. Your wins are because you've been stepping on my head for so long. You know, it's it's a false. You you're stepping on my win, and so it's probably not so much you losing as much as you think you're losing. It's about me having the opportunity to gain what I've been kept from gaining, and that's that's the equity and and overall for society that does make us a better society it does balance our society moving forward but if we continue to feed that inequity you you have a we're going to morph into something altogether different that won't benefit us as a society as we're seeing now with some of the things that we're dealing with socially
2: so i i have i have one more question for you guys and like i said this is a This is a question that I I want individual responses to however I I imagine they're kind of going to be similar. Um, Given all of the big feelings people have regarding equality and especially regarding um, the equaling of the playing field between men and women, how do we make conversations like these where we truly discuss how these issues are affecting everyone Obviously unequally, but everyone.
1: How do we make these
2: conversations happen more often?
1: I think the conversations are happening often. I just think they're happening poorly. Um, if you are like on social media or on Twitter, like this conversation is always there. It's just a raging fire of people pissed and grievance laden complaints and quote tweets and screenshots of the stupidest thing the person on the other side ever said you know uh that's all it is right and because of the way we've just built our society at this point those conversations tend to lead the way for the rest of us so the rest of us are always trailing behind whatever the most extreme people are always saying we're just trying to like sweep up the broken glass after they shatter the window um But if we want to make these conversations better It's One Like Sasha mentioned this Josh you mentioned this on a previous show Like where we talk about How to communicate with people right You got to be comfortable with conflict Be comfortable In heated conflict Be comfortable like Kind of disliking someone for a day or two I have disliked Alex for a day or two, like to be totally blunt. Like I just, there have been days where I'm like, I, I don't know, man. Like he disagreed. It's okay. It's fine. It doesn't make you hate each other. It doesn't make you a bad person. Be comfortable. Talk to the women in your lives and let them know before you go into the conversation. But you have to basically, you have to like position, think about where you're coming from in relation to them. You, a person who typically has the power advantage, you, you, you are expressing to this person that you would like to have this conversation. And they're, a lot of them are going to be skeptical because if they've done it before, it's gone poorly because uh, most men respond to this conversation really badly. Yeah. So uh, they're looking at you sideways. Like, eh. mm-hmm. So maybe they give you like 20% of a real answer. <laughs> eh. But like you, you have to like really be willing to position yourself and like take some criticism be okay with it don't flip out like keep listening keep going back keep going back until you get something approaching a real answer and if you talk to a woman about this and she unloads on you that doesn't mean she hates you man like calm down that doesn't mean she's never talking to you again but guess what like you asked for it you asked for the eat so you got it so like don't be mad now like where were You <laughs> you asked her about her feelings on like women's oppression and then you were shocked when she was, she got hot. I uh, mean, okay, that's fine. Like, <laughs> be cool with it. Try to be cool with it. And if you're not cool with it, then keep that shit to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't go off on her. Like, do you like, do you, like, I don't know if, women spend a lot of time not saying things so it wouldn't kill you to be the one not saying something you're not going to die it ain't killed them yet you can do it I believe in you man I believe in you you can keep your feelings to yourself I I know you can do it (laughs) so when she unloads keep that shit to yourself (laughs) internalize it think about it deeply and let her have the space she needs to like get this off her chest right let the first salvo be what it is and then come back and if you like you absorb the first and the second and the third salvo and now you're having a conversation a real conversation where you can exchange thoughts and ideas and you can have conflict and it won't lead to a destruction of the relationship so i would say as opposed to pushing for more conversation push for more high quality conversation in your personal life
4: i agree with some of what Anthony said (laughs) I do agree that yes you know the conversations we have to have need to be better period but also I would argue that it's not necessarily women having conversations with men that has to happen although yes they do I would like to see men talking to men more about these
0: issues. Right. My, my
4: biggest issue is that when we use the term women's issues, it really has 50% of the population thinking these are not issues that impact me. So conversations around them tend to just happen in silos, either women talking to women or women talking to men. I don't really see any space, and please correct me if I'm wrong, of men talking to men, not about women's issues, about issues that impact women more heavily. And I phrase it like that is because these issues affect us all, but they impact women greater. And it's really going to be the same way it is up to white folk speaking to other white folk. Men talking to other men, you'd be surprised that, you know, it may sound simple, but, you know, Anthony and myself could say the same thing. But because Anthony is a man, when he speaks to another man, it may just be taken in a different way. And they could have a certain dialogue that I might not necessarily be able to have. But also, it is motherfucking draining. Do you think I want to talk? I mean, come the fuck on. I do not want to talk about my grievances with men all the time. Men do the goddamn work. Shut up and put action. That, that That's for me what it is. It's yes, these conversations have to happen. But at what point are conversations just null and void? Either you're going to, and I, when I say you, men, do the work, or you're not. I don't need a 1,001 places and spaces to air my grievances. I need to know that after we have these conversations, the men walk away and they are going to actively be better men through their actions. You could provide me lip service the same way you have done to people of color for centuries. And what really has changed? And a lot of times I feel that way with men it's like you want to keep inviting me to the table just to act like you care about my feelings and then to be ain't shit
0: as soon as the conversation is done you don't make me waste my breath (laughs) i think i feel a little bit of that too i mean i don't want a symbolic invitation to the table you know and there, i think women sit back a little bit and they try to discern how much ground they're going to make <laughs> with particular individuals before you start investing because it's such a personal pain. It's such a personal investment in another person to uh be vulnerable and then to have people just not get you, you know. Um I don't I am not under the illusion that every heart and mind of every man is going to be changed in such a way as to value every woman. Uh for who she is, or equally, uh, I think personally, I'm a little bit more strategic. When I, you know, and I and I don't think that I'm alone. I think that I I pick and choose my conversations. I pick and choose my battles, and and the reason why I've done that is because I think that um, you just get tired. You get tired of it, trying to explain to people why you should even be here why you should have access to the same things. I've been in the tech field for a long time, and I was kind of like a one of those, uh, I, I graduated early from high school. So uh, when you're 15, 16, going to college, you're gonna come out young. So I come out and I move up very fast. I'm three seats down from the CEO. I look like I'm 12 and I'm a girl. <laughs> and I'm talking to men who are old enough to be my great grandfather and giving them, <laughs> you know, what the, the instruction or the support that they need is, is their manager, but I had a lot of pushback in those spaces and I, I actually went to a, a male mentor and I, and he said, you know, you're doing a great job. You know, it's too bad you're not a man. You would've been even higher, you would've be making more money than what you <laughs> So it was sort of like he heard, he knows, but there's no real change. So why even have the conversation? Why even, and I hate to be so glum about it, but that's kind of where where I am. I just pick and choose. where I, If I feel like I'm not going to get a win with you, I don't usually, I'm not here to change your heart.
2: <laughs> I don't think there's any reason not to be glum about it. It's a shitty situation. Like, there's there's no way around that. Like, I... To, to address one of the things that you said, Sasha, I can tell you, at least within the circles of men that I've been involved with, that conversation is not happening at all. So you're not wrong in thinking that we need to have more conversation from men to other men yeah. about these kinds of problems. And that's part of the reason why I started this whole discussion talking about intersectionality and how all these things affect all of us regardless of who we are, just they affect some people m- more than others. And uh, one of the things that when we, when me and Sasha were kind of getting together, creating this discussion topic, one of the things that she had said was like, framing it as women, women's issues is actually problematic. And I agree with that uh, because as she mentioned it, it makes a lot of people, specifically men, feel like since this is a woman's issue, it's not something that directly impacts me, or at least it shouldn't, when that's not exactly how that works. And so I I want to rephrase my question and then get an answer from from Anthony and Alex, and then I'll weigh in at the end here. Um, what I specifically mentioned, or what it was trying to, to get from us was, what can we as men do to make this conversation happen more often with
4: other
3: men so uh, i'm gonna i get a chance to weigh in uh, yeah, go, a ahead. Bit oh, go. yeah, yeah. go ahead go ahead You guys ahead. have all danced around the same thing and i i the fundamental problem with all of your uh suggestions are is you are implying that men have heartfelt conversations with other men and uh i'm here to tell you that just doesn't happen just doesn't you uh, most, i say outside of like the people that I am like close with, uh, y- the conversations with men consist of, uh, like professional, you know, professional things, uh, work things and like life things. And that's it because anything beyond that, uh, anytime, like you start to like get emotional with other men, like you begin to, <sighs> You cross into a uh, you cross into water that is um not socially acceptable. Uh and the it's not anyone's fault that that's like that that's true. Just we're all from very early on uh in development. We're kind of, we're told, oh, like you're not being say you're a man, you're not allowed to cry. Be a man, man up. Um so that's like that's sissy talk, and you're not allowed to talk like that. Um or if you do have, like, these openings, like, you're being effeminate. Like, are you gay? Is that the problem? And, may, I say, and maybe that language has changed a bit since I'm, I'm a little older than some people. So uh, maybe it changed. It is not. But, not at all. All right. Well, that, but that's, d- do we really think that that goes away? It no. doesn't. It, so. No. It's just, it's just, it's you you've emotionally stunted men just generations upon generations upon generations of just nope we you're not we're not allowed to talk about that and we, how do you how do you expect them to how can we have meaningful conversations if we you say we can't have
1: basic conversations so i i'm happy you said this because this was that, that is actually that was actually going to be a lot of what I was going to say in response, actually, to what to what you brought up, Sasha. Is that uh, if you're asking men to talk to other men, then yeah, they are. Not, that is that's not going to happen. Like we can hate it. I think it's a terrible state of affairs, but 90% of men could not carry this conversation. They just could not do it. And if you ask them to talk to other men, what they are going to tell other men is going to be toxic and terrible, and it's not going to make the problem better. It's probably going to make it worse because Alex, Alex, did it completely dance around it. But what they're going to say is, "You're acting like a woman." What is this talking to me? You're acting like a woman. That's not what we do.
0: But you and, guys are talking uh, about it right now. But you guys uh, are talking about it now, so it it it's,
1: at, at the risk of tooting our own horn too much, we are probably beyond what most men are capable of having conversationally. I know, I have talked to Alex about personal issues, Josh, we had a conversation about some of this. The conversation I've had with these two guys is not a conversation that is happening in a lot of man's circles. And I know this because I have not had that conversation with any other man in my life other than these two. Of all the men I know, there are only two. This includes my dad, who I love dearly. There are only two men I have had this sort of conversation with, and you're looking at both of them right now. <laughs> Don't, that that is the state of the play? That is the state of the field. Of half the population is the overwhelming majority could not have this conversation, and I, that's what we're working with. I
0: mean, <laughs> so you're saying this conversation cannot happen with, unless women are in the room.
1: Ah. Uh, For now, yeah. So what I was going to say to you, Sasha, was that there's two – hold on. What I was going to say was there's two – there's two moves. There's the – you need – men who can carry this conversation probably do need to talk to women because, like, we want to value people's lived experiences. And at the end of the day, I don't know what it's like to be a woman, right? So we have to get the, the, the skinny, and then we have to talk to other men, right? But like that's the two-step. The ones who are capable of leading have to get the skinny, and then they have to take it to the vast majority of men who frankly can't do it. Like that's always the the tricky thing about some of this is social change actually doesn't happen without the group, without the victimized group being there as like that's There's never been a case where the victimized group wasn't like leading the charge. I don't know if that's ever happened. Like, white people didn't give black people civil rights. Black people had to like demand it, and then they had to drag along some white allies, like kicking and screaming, and be like, "Look, you hate this. I'm gonna drag you to these rallies. I'm gonna drag you out here, and it's gonna be you're gonna hate it. I'm gonna make you do it anyway, and it's gonna be like pulling teeth. And then. Some white people see their white friends and then they get on board. But like, I, I don't know if there's any other way it can happen.
0: I'm going to interrupt. Again, it's a two-step, that's a yeah, two-step. Yeah, you
4: you take it, Francina, and you can throw it over to me, because okay. I call on it, yeah.
0: I've heard men talk about the family dynamic as it comes to their traditional family and keeping the wife a certain way that suits them, keeping, their, keeping that so-called traditional order. I've heard men have those discussions. If they can have discussions that I personally feel are wrong, then why can't we have discussions that are right? It's in the same vein. You know, I've been, I'm a woman of faith, so I've been even around, I've been to men's, you know, I've heard the men's groups getting together and they're talking about being providers and doing this and teaching their kids and and being, I hear conversations happening but why is this part of the conversation not happening in those spaces why why can't men hold other men accountable when it comes to this sort of thing and um I just don't completely buy that men are incapable of having basically you turn the the uh, the talk about any talk about women into tampon talk like we can't it's tampons we don't we don't do that you know it's and I'm not saying that's meant. I'm just saying that that can't be the answer. Otherwise, we just settle with the way things are. Nothing ever changes, not only for women, but for any group that is being disenfranchised, any group that is fighting to gain ground just to be equal, not to be over, just to be equal. I. You talk to any woman, I don't want to take anything from any other man. I just want the opportunity to have the efforts that I put into the work I do to show up the same way they do for my counterpart. I'm tired of being underpaid. I'm tired of hearing about abortion as if it's only a woman's thing, like there's no man in the equation, like there was no other parent, like men can't deal with kids until after they're born. I mean, it's just, it doesn't make any sense that, you you you're there, but you're not involved, right? You're not involved in the conversations that matter, and I'm not saying you guys specifically, right? But I'm saying that if they can have these warped conversations, and I'm going to throw it to Sasha because she's been trying to get in, then I I challenge that men can have discussions. But because there obviously are I mean, all these men got together men and and also we have to talk about the female dynamic too, maybe not on this show, but there are a lot of women who are anti- women as well that's a that's a probably a different discussion. but there was a discussion made and a plan made for Texas what happened in Texas to take place. So they're talking about it. <laughs> they're just not having the right conversations about it.
4: Sasha? Yeah, I agree. With everything you said, Francine, I think there's a big difference between can't and won't. I refuse to make men these prehistoric primitive creatures that have such a limited scope of emotional intelligence and ability that they just cannot fathom having those conversations wrong. One, that statement should offend every single man that I would make you so small, so dismissive intellectually and emotionally that I say you are not capable of having that? No, you won't have those conversations. The issue with men and this, I don't think they men in general see the connection, this hyper masculine way of being that you guys were culturally, societally, even the law encourages you to be these ways. That is the biggest harm against women. Yeah. You guys want to keep inviting women to have these conversations. How many times have women told you these things? You can go on Google the same way You would say to a white person who wants to learn about issues of black and brown people, go to Google, go do your research, go to Google and go do your research. The the fact that I have to be re-traumatized to teach you is in itself shows how skewed things are that your learning has to come at the expense of me being re-traumatized. I don't think so. I refuse to believe that and I refuse to allow that. If women wanna have those conversations, sure, let's have them, let's be a part. But we mustn't force women to, to re-talk about these issues so men can learn. Y'all can learn, y'all just have chosen not to learn. The conversations that men must have with other men and must get to some root core work is why do we perpetuate these toxic, hyper-masculine ways of being? Why isn't it okay for men to cry. Right. Why do men live in such like a fraternal way of being that are rah rah rah? I'm gonna beat my chest. That's the only way I can to communicate with another man. Like what? I, what? What movie are we in? Like y'all have to do that hard work with y'all cells internally first, and then putting mirrors in front of your own brothers. The same way you'd want a white person to call out another white person when they say something racist, men, y'all need to call out other men when y'all say something sexist. Start there. It doesn't have to be these elaborate conversations. When you have, when there's another man and he calls a woman a whore, check your friend right there and then. Nah, brah, that's not cool. What we're not gonna do is judge women for sexual choices. How about we like, men make it seem like it's this elaborate work. And I'm like, men witness men say and do sexist things all day long and are quiet, Mm -hmm. are quiet. They don't say anything in in front of their own mouths. They don't say anything behind closed doors. They just let these behaviors go rampant. Mm -hmm. So don't tell me women have to be part of those conversations. Check other men. And once you check other men, then invite me to the conversation so it could show these words actually matter and mean something. Because when you guys have the opportunity to do something, most often you choose not to because you choose to preserve brotherly relationships right. over equality and equity for women. And you guys have to sit with making and choosing that choice.
0: I co-sign on all that.
1: So let me ask a question to both of you then. What you're suggesting has not happened for any group ever i do not in fact expect white people to check white people because they have not and they will not no matter how many times i tell them to they will not even if i think they should they won't they they have never in the history of the entire known planet earth checked other white people not one time not anywhere ever i can ask them to But at the end of the day, I'm asking them to do something they have proven that they will not do. And I cannot force them to do it. I have no means to force them to. Yes, it would be best if men did what you both have suggested. What I am saying is they won't. They won't do it. Not that they shouldn't, but that they won't. You're right, Sasha. They could. And they will choose not to, even if it is wrong. Francine, you just illustrated that the vast, that the majority of the conversations you hear men having are of the bad kind. And if you ask men to take the lead, you know, who will take the lead, the men having the bad conversations, that's who will take the lead because they outnumber those of us who won't. They outnumber us. We will lose. We will lose up a top. If you put enlightened men up against toxic masculinity we will
4: lose because there's more of them than there are us. It depends how you're framing your wins and losses. There's more yeah. of them. They'll carry it the It depends how you are framing your wins and losses. Okay. And let me just, let me ask a clarifying question. Yeah. The way I understand your framing of this is you're looking purely at like numbers. There's more toxic men than there are non-toxic men just answer is that a yes or a no yes okay thank you so with that being said i think it really is an under service that you would say that just because there's more toxic than there are non-toxic men those conversations don't matter because even if in those conversations there become five less toxic men and there are still one million toxic men There's five less and that matters. And I also, it's not true that in the whole history, there have not been white people that have not checked other white people. Yes, it hasn't been anywhere near the scale it must happen. Scaling is completely off, but it is not true. I had a white roommate my sophomore year who I literally witnessed go on Facebook and check other white people who were crazy who are going off saying racist things. And yes, the numbers are never going to be what we want to see. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to ask for it and demand it. And it's like this idea that as a woman, so in order to gain what is rightfully mine, in order to have equity, I have to go and break my back. And let's not then add Women of color, which me and Francine are, you want us to do the the work on racism and sexism? My challenge is to all men of color, since y'all already know what it feels like to be part of a marginalized group, why don't you step the hell up then, hmm? Oh, y'all right. already know half the battle, Sup? come join oh. your sisters and oh. the other. Oh,
3: so oh, Sasha, oh, sweetie. Hold up one Don't second. Don't say O oh, sweetie. Let's, no, okay, I'm going to about... stop that. Check that.
4: Check no, that statement. Let's... Check no, that uh... statement. no,
3: no let, check let's do statement. have that conversation.
4: Check that statement first. Check. I'm not going to listen to you to you, Check that statement. You're not going to call me O oh, sweetie on a live thing. Check it.
3: Anthony, you will you will attest. I say, oh sweetie, whenever someone says something, uh, not nah, uh, the wrong time, I, Just
4: when you looking, you didn't put your ears to the conversation because you ain't hear how heated this conversation went. If you hit me with the oh sweetie, I know you use it all the time, but not right now. So you could check it, and then I'll put my ears back on to listen to you.
3: All right, Sasha.
4: Yes, I'm listening full heartedly, oh, and openly.
3: Okay, all right, all uh, right. So- um we want to talk about toxic masculinity we there's a special level of toxic masculinity exclusive to black men yes black men let's say yes you, agreed we, we can't we we can't we can't it, like there's a whole other level there's a whole bunch of more stuff to unpack there and we're, we're gonna say we're gonna ask them to uh Put all of that aside because they've experienced uh, some level of there are some arguments that some of the reason it's so let's say that it is so bad amongst black men is because is like is a because they have been persecuted because they have taken have had their power taken from them their autonomy taken from them that they take autonomy from other places
4: 100 percent. the same can be said of white women And being racist, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to ask Karen to be any less of a Karen.
1: (laughs) Okay, so then let me ask you, uh, how would you propose, saying to uh, one of the two most disadvantaged groups in the country, Black men and Black women, how would you propose then that you tell to Black men, you, at the sharing the bottom spot on the totem pole perhaps, should give up more power? How exactly do you want to sell that to them? You have to sell it to them. We have to sell that to them. That they, having so tenuous a hold in our society to begin with, should weaken their position further. Because if you were to, let's say we just, this is the intersectionality conversation, right? Let's say we just were to solve the sexism part. That would that would leave Black men positioned beneath Black women. This would now put them definitely at the bottom of the totem pole. How do you want to sell that to them?
4: Well, How, why? Do, how should
1: we sell that
4: to them? I I think it's quite, for me, hilarious to think that we'd solve the sex issue before, before the race issue. Oh, I, this is but purely
1: hypothetical. This is purely hypothetical.
4: Like, I'll use the same, it's the same argument that you put forth. When we first started talking about Texas, right, you had said we need to show men that them advancing, them moving further along is directly correlated and linked to women having those same rights. So if we want to switch that now, make it a little more specific and tailored to Black men, and if we even want to push men at color at large, you know, whether it's Latin men, Asian men, Indigenous men, Showing the link that having more rights for Black women, for brown women, for indigenous women, for all women of color, is good for them. Rises us all up together. That's how you sell that point. The same thing you told, the same thing you said.
1: The issue is that the power is not balanced between, like, Black men and white men, right? So when we are rebalancing the scales of say sexism, what we're really doing is pulling from white men. Ninety, like mostly that's who we're actually pulling the power away from. We're not actually we're not we're not actually going to be redistributing anything for the benefit of of black men. Like I don't this is not going to happen. I I, I have looked at the various ways the gender divide plays out in politics, right? And so it's actually even more telling than a lot of our other divides. You look at – so we say, well, Trump made gains among brown voters. He made gains among brown men. Brown men specifically were attracted to Donald Trump, much more so than brown women. This was not – he did not make equal gains. So there is something in the men of color that is actually pulling them away from the side of enlightenment and pulling them towards the side of toxic stuff. That's that's what's happening right now is they are being pulled towards that, not away. And that's what you actually have to fight against. Like, that's what I keep trying to say is, is when I say we're losing the fight, I don't mean some purely numerical nonsense. I mean men are being pulled towards it right now. They are voting on their toxics, or they are shifting on their toxic ways, their toxic beliefs are driving them to actually vote for policies that would be actively bad for women. And I have read about the gender divide is actually growing in politics. The gap between men and women voting patterns is one of the most telling gaps that exist right now in voting. This is not some purely numerical argument. That is not the argument I'm making. I'm making men are drifting The exact opposite way we want them to drift right now, and to pull them back, to pull them away from that, it's all hands on deck. It's everybody, everywhere, men, women, color. I don't. It it is everybody. We have to like stop them from where they're drifting and forcibly move them. And it's gonna. it, It takes everybody. And yeah, if we start to win the argument then we can get more men to like start carrying, carrying, carrying more of the load. But we're losing right now. We're not winning. The Texas law is a, is a, a statement. We are losing. And we are going to, we need all of us. Me, Alex, Josh, you guys, Francine, Sasha. It takes all of us to stop the losing. We have to stop the bleeding. And that's well, what I I'm, keep... Oh, go sorry, that's what I keep trying to like because I, you know, this wasn't prepared, so a lot of this is off the cuff, obviously, right? But like the point I'm just gonna, the point I want to like cap on before like Josh jumps in is like my argument is is not that men can't have better conversations. It's not that men can't have conversations, they are having conversations. They're having all the wrong ones. They're having all the wrong ones. They are talking, they are talking, and when they talk, they go vote for Donald Trump. That's what they're talking is doing right now, leading them to Donald Trump.
0: Can I say something before you say something, Josh, just really before. quickly? Just yeah. an observation. I think that when we talk about issues like this, it's we have to be very careful. It's very easy to get into the competition of winning hearts and minds. But sometimes we have to start a process simply for the right of it. You know, not so much trying to take account it's too early to try to do the head count thing and I'm not sure if that will work in our favor anyway. I think it's just a matter of doing what is right to do, like, for instance, when we all started our discussion and we talked about vaccines. We all said we didn't care what the people thought what they believed we didn't care we didn't just get the vaccine just do the right thing. So it's, I hear all of the things that have been said, but with that same passion, we need to also apply that to this area when it comes to talking about equity, gender equity, when it comes to having these conversations, tough conversations about women. And I'm so, I have to also say that I'm very proud of this group, because this is a very uncomfortable conversation, not just for the men, but for women. If we can have it, I want to challenge anybody that hears this to start having these conversations because I've heard too many, most of my friends are men. So I know for a fact that men are capable of having this discussion because they'll have it with me. (laughs) They'll interact with me on this level. And I know they have the capacity and concerns, but I think there's this weird bro code, like when they're around men who, and they're concerned about how these men are going to judge them. There's a part of them that shuts down. When they interact, they don't feel that they have the space to have certain conversations, right, and these can even be with their own family members, you know, so, but going back to the right and wrong of a thing, I think that the same way that we approach having the discussion about doing the right thing when it comes to the vaccine, it's the same way that we need to approach this. It's just with that. sometimes it's not about just, the, it's about, you know what, This is just the right thing. And you may not want to have this conversation. You might have to like my neighbor. You might want to wait on Jesus. But but while you're waiting, we're going to (laughs) talk. While we're waiting, I have something that I wanted to bring to your attention that I think, you know, you might not receive it well. But, you know, but this is what it is. And we have to be bold in those spaces. And I think so often we're so concerned about how people are going to, particularly men, because I can say this, because like I said, 90% of my friends are male. Men are more concerned about how other men feel about them more than women are concerned about how other women feel about them. You're not gonna know that unless you're a man. It, because there's a lot of currency in that power space that women just don't enjoy. We don't have that, right? So, um, That has to shift. That has to to change. Just the same way it does when you go around your family members who talk about people being sheep for getting the vaccine. You have to be just as bold as you are when you say, nope, that's wrong. And and say, you know what, as a matter of fact, (laughs) while we're talking about things that make you uncomfortable. You, you know, got to
2: hit him with the, um, actually.
0: <laughs> because you know what? It's not, there's never going to be a pretty start to this. There's never going to be, um, and the judging of the wins and losses, you know, we're probably, we're not going to have the charge of the leaderboard right away. You know, it. Some, you just got to do it. And I remember, and I get this inspiration from listening to, uh, replaying some of the uh, interviews I heard about early civil rights uh, uh, interventionalists and from the 50s and the 60s. Uh, that talked about, you know, when they started to do those marches, the numbers were against them, you know? So um, the numbers were against them and they just didn't have uh, the cards that were stacked against them. They didn't have enough cards to even play the game, but they went out there anyway and they start forcing the conversation in public. And that's how they got to where they got to when it got to civil rights. They, They just because you're right. They weren't going to have the conversation, but it didn't mean it wasn't going to happen. <laughs> so agree. I also think starting with our boys is
4: a, is a big start. A lot of y'all men, it's going to be much harder to change y'all. than what if we just did a better job at raising our boys better? What if we actually cared about our boys feelings? Oh. Boys are taught that their feelings don't matter. That when they fall, dust off. Yo, when you fall, it hurts. (laughs) It doesn't matter who you are. It stings. It hurts. And having a moment to even just pause and to let your boys feel. Even like that example, like you're literally depriving boys from acknowledging physical pain. That has a cost on the psyche of young boys. And if they can't even acknowledge their own pain, how could they then see the pain and trauma they're causing on others? Mm-hmm. It's starting with our boys, raising our boys to be more emotionally intelligent. You know, so often we, when girls do things right, we, oh, she's such a good girl. We, we praise girls like they're dogs. They're good girls <laughs> use for a dog. I don't use that for little girls because I want Um, the girls that I'm coming to to know they are smart. They are creative. Let's use adjectives to describe when girls do something well, instead of saying good girls, because we're raising girls to be good boys. Oh, he's a good little man. We are raising boys to be prematurely men instead of allowing them to flourish in boyhood and to be expansive and to be creative and to have feelings for me. That's the start. It's doing a much better job of raising boys and girls. And if we start there, then we'd have a much easier job than trying to make men less toxic, which as we have heard from this conversation alone, a heavy, time-consuming, tedious, energy-draining task.
0: And so, I can I can vouch for the parent thing. I guess Anthony can too, raising kids.
1: I can. Yeah. yeah. And I don't think that's a satisfactory answer. My son won't be a grown man for like <laughs> Well, I'm not I don't want to think about it. I, I don't want to think about my son as a grown man.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's well, up till okay, we're o- not going to
1: six o'clock in the morning playing a video game. He's uh, he's far away from being a grown man. Well let him it's be too, a boy that's too as, long, long as right? right? What I'm saying is that's he's too far away. Like that it's not actually satisfactory to wait for that. Uh what I'll say is Francine, you brought up the vaccine stuff. Yeah. It's funny you brought that up. So, yeah, there's a persistent gender gap in vaccination rates, too.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Men aren't actually caring for themselves. This Sasha, this is what so it's funny you, you said this. Men don't care enough about their own health to take care of themselves. They're not giving they don't give a damn about you. <laughs> they don't care about themselves. Yeah. They won't get the vaccination to save their own life. That's why there's a gender gap between vaccination rates. And this has been there have been studies that have shown traditional masculinity leads to all sorts of poor health choices for men, all sorts. And if they don't care enough about their own life to Mm -hmm. stop doing dumb shit or to get a vaccine or stop drinking, they're not going to care about you either.
4: So it seems like the larger question is how do we <laughs> redefine self love for men?
0: Yeah, how, that's where. Yeah, that's. How that.
4: what does that look? And I don't, that's not a conversation for here. Oh God, <laughs> that, no. that that's a whole
1: other two hours. That is a whole you know, other that is a
4: whole thing, <laughs> but I think that that must be part of it. Is if this is really coming back to you know men' inability to care for and really see themselves in a certain way yeah. because you know the first half of it, what was being suggested by the men and. Uh, you, Francine and I were like, absolutely not. You guys are better than that. How do men change the paradigm to see themselves and define masculinity and to love on themselves and their brothers differently?
0: And allow themselves to do that. I mean, I think we're lucky with the group of men that we have here, but I would love to challenge the men here to have space for discussions like that, whether it's through this pod or others. I think it would be a great thing to because how would you I don't think I can define self love for a man I've never been a man uh, I've I've raised a man I've raised a, a male feminist I guess is what you would say um, and I'm proud of that but he's very much his own man and some of the things you guys have talked about I've I've heard I've heard him say and I've never raised him that way I'm like where is this coming from <laughs> but yeah I think that's a good point Sasha and um, yeah I think it'd be great to see discussions about that men need to be allowed to be human you know so
2: one of the things that i've been holding off saying in this entire scenario because i really wanted to see how you guys i i knew based on (laughs) the conversations that i've had with anthony and the conversations that i've had with sasha that y'all would kind of butt heads a bit that's what i was expecting however um i think that one one major aspect to this conversation that cannot be overlooked is that these, no real progress can be made here until we do something, anything about toxic toxic masculinity. There is no forward movement that can be made until men see themselves differently and they see each other differently. And I was gonna throw that in like a, a while ago, but I really wanted to I'm sorry, that, that was progress. my fault. I no, you're it. good. Sasha said, basically Sasha said my, my general answer to that as well too. Because I think really what the the best way to fix the issues that we've discussed so far, at least in my opinion, is to start much earlier than we're focusing right now. Because right now what we're trying to do is change all these people who are set in their ways and who have been thinking this way for decades. We're not going to change them. We just need to wait for them to go away. What we need to do is change the people whose minds are still impressionable change the people who are actually willing to have their beliefs and values and all those other things shifted, like like our our young men, especially our young men. We need to break down the the walls of toxic masculinity early, so that way it doesn't set in and create more of the men that we have right now, the men that currently outnumber us, as Anthony said. Mm. So my... My final thoughts are these. Clearly, this is a multifaceted issue with no one clear answer. (laughs) If there was, we may have done something about it by now. Um, But one thing that I would challenge all of the people listening here, whether you're a man or a woman, is to think about how all of these issues affect you and the people around you, especially if you're a man. A lot of the work... Or this kind of issue has to come from us. There is no way around that. However, we need to be able to have these conversations amongst ourselves for them to actually take hold and to bear fruit. We see that most often with the way that white people challenge other white people in terms of racism. We'll see it here too. We just need to do the work and we need to have the emotional capacity to make that work happen. That's all I'll say on that. Now, bearing all that, this podcast has been brought to you in part by El Productions, a studio for podcasters and musicians, and of course, Pointcast News. To listen to any of our other podcasts, please go visit our website at pointcast.news, or you could also find us on Apple Podcasts. Also, be sure to like and follow us on Facebook page for more podcast notifications and articles. Thank you guys for joining me today. This was a wonderful discussion and thank you all at home for listening in. See you guys next time.